We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show. I just feel so fortunate and so blessed, as I always say, because I always feel that way. And, you know, the Lord says to give thanks in all things, and I am very thankful for you. I'm thankful for the opportunity to be right here with you right now. And I don't believe in coincidence. You know, I believe that God, uh, coincidence is when God decides to stay anonymous. But, you know, any of us that pray and ask the Lord to reveal himself to us, you can see see him, you can feel him, and you can recognize the Holy Spirit so often during a day, just by conversations that you have, or, uh, you know, even for me, one, four, three means I love you. And so, uh, you know, we can look at the clock at any time during the day, correct? But there's so many times where I'm going through trials. I'm going through something, you know, a, a tough decision or, or just something. And all of a sudden I look up at my clock and it says, one, four, three. And it's just like God is saying, I love you, Sue. I love you right now. And I'm, I'm proud of you right now. And it's just so nice to have that uh, understanding that that, now some of you could say, oh, that's so silly. And yeah, it could be, but I mean, I could look at 142 and I could look at 144, but no, I'm glancing right at 143. What are the chances of that? So that's, I'm going to leave it right there. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's been going on with me the last couple of weeks. Uh, In the last couple of weeks, I've experienced uh, three things that have been kind of new or, or I'm revisiting things that I used to do that I couldn't do anymore, didn't think I could do anymore. First of all, I went to Glamis. And I met some wonderful people in Glamis, and that's, if you don't know what that is, it's a lot of sand. It's a desert. It's a lot of sand. It's past Palm Springs. It's way out there in Mexicali, almost. And uh, it was a long drive. I took my motor home, and I got to experience something that I had heard about when I was growing up. I had a, a neighbor friend who was babysitting a family, and she always got to go with this family to Glamis. And uh, she babysat, but she also got the experience of getting in the sand rail and, and doing all these fun things, and she would talk about it. Now, this is when I was like 10, 11, 12, up to 15, and now I'm you know 60-something, and finally I get to experience what she was talking about all that time. So that was pretty cool. And that was a new experience for me, and I just stepped out of comfort zone and just went. And it was great. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the word there is is that sometimes things can be uncomfortable. But if you don't take any chances, sometimes you're never going to get to experience something maybe different and better and, and whatnot. So it's always good to, uh, you know, calculate the risk somewhat, but also it's good to take some spontane- spontaneity and, and, and to do things differently. Another thing that I did is I got invited, uh, or I invited myself, really, uh, with my sister Darcy, and her family to go to Mammoth. Now, those of you that have listened to me uh, for any length of time know that I had a very serious, serious, serious horse accident where I was thrown off my horse, shattered my leg, and there was a chance of not being able to walk, let alone professionally dance, let alone ski, uh, anything. I wasn't going to be able to do any of that. Um, But God miraculously put the right surgeon in the right place at the right time, uh, two surgeons actually, and uh, put me back together in, and it was a long journey of healing and doing what I was told. And, and my mindset had a lot to do with that during that time. Against odds, you know, I kept saying I'm getting better every day. And my body didn't feel like I was getting better every day, but I was telling my body that I was getting better every day. Well, um, I didn't really, I, I, I didn't even have any ski stuff. I, I just got rid of everything. I, I left it and I didn't have anything because I never thought in a million years I'd be able to snow ski again. And I have to tell you, it was a big deal. I ended up getting to the mountain by myself, all by myself with my Heavenly Father. And I think that was intentional, that I needed to face this battle on my own. And I did. And I have to tell you, it took everything I had. I was shaky. 
Um, I didn't feel confident, but I just felt like I needed to do this. Now, some of you, this is an encouraging word for you that if you've been thinking about it and you haven't done it, calculate your risk, of course, but also sometimes you just have to push a little bit. I have to tell you, I pushed a lot and I had to keep praying to the Lord. I I stopped and I got a cup of coffee, Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks, but I uh, drank a half of a cup of a $5 cup of coffee just because I needed some more courage to to get on those skis and the skis are smaller and they're wider and, and, you know, I wasn't even sure how to get in them and out of them and to get my foot into the boot was a major ordeal and to get my foot out of the boot was even more of an ordeal. So long story short is I accomplished it. I did it. I did it. I went up the bunny slopes. It was uh, chair 17, my favorite number. And I thought that was kind of funny and kind of like uh, God just smiling at me. And I went up and down it six times and that was enough. I had to pay attention to my body, which we all do need to do that. Pay attention to your body. It will tell you. And I did that. And on this on the sixth ride down, I was thinking, I think this is it. So just take it in, Sue. Enjoy it. And during that time, I got a text about something at work that kind of messed up my whole uh, demeanor and my day because uh, it was not good news. But I decided, you know what, I'm, I, I just got to get down this hill right now. And so I did. And I have to tell you, it was, it was just so big. It was different, though, because everybody on the mountain was wearing their masks. Everybody on the mountain was making sure everybody else was wearing their masks. And at one time, my mask had slipped past my nose, and it was below my nose, and I didn't even realize that. And lady says, hey, you got to put your mask on. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And then I had a cup of coffee, and I went into an area that's right adjoining the coffee area, and I got in trouble because you're not supposed to sit there and have your coffee. And I'm like, well, gosh, nobody told me that. I'm really sorry. I'm really not a rebel. And the guy started laughing at me. And uh, his name was Brian Wilson, which I thought was funny too. Uh, Nicest guy, but... I just told him I I had no idea. And he goes, I know, you know, this is just difficult times. And I said, I get it. So I had to go outside to have my coffee. And I did. Um, Anyway, so so there's that. And then the next thing I did was I had to go to a funeral. And I ended up getting on a BMW motorcycle. And yes, I have my own license. And I used to have a Harley and I sold my Harley. And I got on that bike and I rode that bike all the way to Santa Barbara. And it was really a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, Just sunny and beautiful along the coast. And, and here's the story on that is that, you know, uh, people laugh at me because I'm over 60 and I'm riding a motorcycle, you know, but so what? Um, and the thing is, is that if I wouldn't have got on the bike and I wouldn't have gone to this funeral, I wouldn't have seen the ocean and experienced God's glory and creation like I did um, because I wouldn't have taken that risk or that chance of doing that. I could have got in my car, but it would have been a totally, totally different experience, wouldn't it have been? You know, it wouldn't have been the same experience. And I just felt so fortunate. Now, you're wearing this helmet, and it's completely enclosed helmet. And um, I am talking to the Lord the whole time while I'm riding. I'm riding. I'm changing gears. I'm watching the traffic. And I'm on the freeway, and I'm looking at the sun, and I'm looking at the water. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God the whole entire time. The interesting thing is, is that my voice sounded different because I had the helmet on. I could hear my voice so much louder and so much clearer. And I was just... Speaking victory over all of the challenges that I am facing and have faced and how the Lord is just guiding me through each victory, each each battle that we're all fighting. God is there for you. God is there to help you fight these battles. And sometimes, you know, we have to go through this purge process, which I talked about two weeks ago. I talked about purging. It's like the garage. You know, you want to clean out your garage, those of you that have done it, or your closet for that sake. You, you, you have to pull everything out, and everything becomes much more messy. It's a mess. You get all this stuff out of there. But then you only put back what you really believe you need to keep. And in life, don't we need to do that too? And what does that look like for you? And how do you go about doing that in your life? Forgiveness is one big one, and I'm really strong on that because the biggest, biggest uh, recovery time for me, the biggest overcoming um, value I ever faced was when the Lord revealed to me that not only do I have to forgive my trespassers, but I had to forgive me. And, And maybe that's you right now. Either you have to forgive others for their trespasses, and it doesn't matter if they're forgivable or not. It's not really about them. It's about you and being freed from this bondage that you're in because they don't feel it. It's only you. And it's causing you to have sick, sick feelings and bitterness and all that. And you don't want that. You want to be freed from all that. Of course you do. So stop it. Stop it and choose whether you feel it or not in your mind. Use your mind and, ch- and decide. Choose 
to forgive those that have trespassed against you. I have many people right now that I feel like I've given my heart, my soul. I've given, I've given so much finances, time, sacrifice, and they're coming back and burning me. They're, they're coming back and they're not, I just don't even understand it. But you know what? Victory is God's and glory comes to those that believe in him and he, he gets the glory. Whether I get it or not, it's really not the case. It's whether he gets it or not. And it's all for him. It's all for him. And I have to remember that. So in this helmet, I am speaking these words of victory in Jesus' name. And I'm hearing it just in loud, like, like so loud in my helmet over the motorcycle noise, over everything. And it was so empowering for me to just speak the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I tell you, it changed a lot inside of me. Are my problems all gone? Heck no, they're not. In fact, they've magnified. They're bigger. But I know victory is his. And I know that I will be an overcomer. And I know that this will, you know, this too shall pass. Because he tells us it will. And I hope this is encouraging to you. This is not a shame on me or a wham. Uh, you know, I'm the victim. It's not that at all. I'm hoping you're you're getting what I'm saying in the sense that we all have battles. We all have things that we're going through, family issues, business issues, whatever. But you know what? God is in control, and God has the power to oversee all of these things. But if there's a lesson, don't you want to learn it? I, I tell them, it's like, you know, I don't want to be a slow learner. I want to be a quick learner. I want to learn one time. I don't want to go through the same lessons over and over and over again. Maybe you do. Maybe that's what you want to do. Me, personally? No, thank you. So that's the intro to today's show. It was pretty long, probably the longest I've ever done. And if you're tuning in right now and you're not sure where you've landed, this is the Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word show. And uh, you can go and look at my website by going to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word dot com. Go there. When you go there, you are going to find some amazing things there that I've put together. Thank you, God. Uh, you've got the IMs. Now, the IMs are three pages of, of what God says about you or who you are, because sometimes we get caught up on who other people on this earth have said we are, and it's not truth. It's really not who you are. And you can own it, or you can say, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That's not me. I had to do that for a long time in a, in a relationship. I had to keep saying I rebuke that. That's not me. And maybe you need to do that, too. Healthy boundaries are a good thing. They are a really good thing. So with all that being said, go there. Uh, it's free. Press the button for print, print them out, read them every morning, every night, and I will tell you that you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Matthew. It talks about that. So do you need a fresh start? All right. Raise a hand. How many need a fresh start? This is by Rick Warren. I really like Rick Warren. I like how he talks. I like how he delivers the message from the Lord. I really do. So I share his work a lot because I feel like I can relate to it. I want things to be relatable. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. Now, this is from 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. And I said that I had gone to a funeral on Saturday. The woman that had died, her name was Mary Johnson. Now, this woman was someone I met in the business world. She was such a wonderful Christian woman who I just adored. Every time she'd call, I would drop everything to listen to her and talk to her. She'd say, Susie, can you pray for me and my daughter? Can you, can you pray for what's going on right now at work? Can you pray? And I'm like, of course, of course I can pray with you. And she would pray with me. And she would always just be so warm and kind and I just loved her so much. And you could just feel the Lord's presence in her personality and in her being. And um, at her funeral, at her celebration, at her funeral at Calvary Chapel in Santa Barbara, um, it, was a, it was full. It was full of people and that all just adored her and loved her. And how could you not love Mary Johnson? I had three people that died within uh, a week period of time. One was my, one of my employees. Her name was Kathy, Kathy Scott. Kathy worked with me for 15 years, typing reports and doing whatever was necessary to get things done. She was a smart woman, and she had children, and she had grandchildren, and her main focus was to make sure she could take care of them. And she died of pancreatic cancer. She found out she had stage 4, and uh, she, she just left this earth way too soon, in my opinion. And uh, E. coli... Uh, as a team, um, we put together a GoFundMe because there wasn't enough funds to to uh, give her a proper uh, funeral, burial. Um, she was being cremated. I don't know what you'd call that. But um, 
Anyway, so so the Ecola family, the Ecola team, put together quite a bit of money, and I was just so proud of all of us for doing that. I just thought it was very special and, and very wonderful. So I felt proud to be part of that team, and still am very proud of being part of the Ecola team. So if you Google the phrase fresh start, you'll get more than 2 billion results. Evidently, a lot of people would like to have a fresh start in life. They think, I've blown it. I've really made a mess of things in my life. I'd like a fresh start. How many would agree they would like a fresh start? Oh, man, every day is a fresh start for me. (laughs) Every day is a new beginning. Perhaps you are one of those people. You may feel hopeless and helpless. You may think you're unworthy. You may think you're too old or too young. You may think you've done too many bad things. You may think you don't need God. You do. Or maybe you think God doesn't want you. He does. You may think you've committed the unpardonable sin. You haven't. No matter what's happened in your life, God wants a relationship with you. Jesus is in the business of giving people a fresh start. The Apostle Peter said, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And I have to tell you, just side note there, is that there is this confidence and this peace when you know somebody has died that you're going to see them in heaven. Hector, a, a man that I work with in advertising, his mother just passed away. And I'm sitting across the table from him. And I said, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry. And he looks at me and he goes, she's in heaven and hopefully I'm going to be there sometime too. And I said, yeah, me too, Hector. And that was just this morning. And, And what a beautiful moment that was just to remember that, you know, we can see our loved ones in heaven if we are believers. And that's the key. The Apostle Paul said it a different way. Everything that we have right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians one thirty. When you give your life to Christ, several things happen. You're, you open up your life to God and get to know him. You're given a brand new life, which gives you everything to live for. You get a future in heaven, which is what I was talking about just a minute ago. I like to say it this way. You get your past forgiven, a purpose for living, and a home in heaven. What a deal. Your past, present, and future are taken care of as you put your trust in Jesus. Again, this was from Rick Warren. Jesus says, come as you are. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, Romans 5, 8. Everything that Jesus did for you, he did out of love. The Bible says, God made you to love you. The only reason you're alive is because you were made to be loved by God. God didn't just say, He loved you. He showed it. The Bible says God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It says while we were still sinners, before you even knew you needed God in your life, Jesus died for you. There's a myth that says you've got to clean up your act before you can come to God. People say there are a few things I've got to get right in my life first, and then I'll come to God. No, no. I tell people this all the time. No, you can't, you're not strong enough to be able to really do that. You can come to God with your problems, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's like brushing your teeth before you go to the dentist to have your teeth cleaned. Why do we do things like that? God says you don't have to clean up your act. Just bring it all to me. Bring me all your problems and all your mess. I have all the answers. Come as you are. Easter shows the depth of God's love for you. The Bible says he will send down help from heaven to save me because of his love. That's what Jesus did on Easter. He sent himself from heaven to save you because of his love. So you can bring your problems to God because he loves you and he has the answers. If you don't act on this good news, then the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection are wasted for you personally. They'll make no difference in your life. It's not enough to recognize God's gift. You have to receive it. Did you hear that? You have to receive it. You will be saved if you honestly say, Jesus is Lord, and if you believe with all your heart that God raised him from death, God will accept you and save you if you truly believe this and tell it to others. Romans 10, 9, 10. That was the answer right there. That's the secret. Faith that persists above feelings. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. 
there is a strong belief in our culture that influences every one of us, whether we want it, if, whether we want it to or not. If it feels good, do it. But this kind of thinking allows you to be manipulated by your moods, making you live according to your feelings. God wants you to live a different kind of life. He wants you to live a life of faith, not a life of feelings. We don't always feel like doing the right thing. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like being nice to people. I don't always feel like stopping what I'm doing to help someone. I don't always feel like believing God's promises for my life. But our goal as believers is to develop the kind of faith that persists above feelings. You deepen your relationship with God when you spend time with him, even on days when you don't feel like it. It's like an Olympic athlete exercising when she doesn't feel like it, or a great musician practicing his craft, even when he's tired. It's the same with your relationship with God. People who have a regular, consistent, quiet time with God didn't get there because they felt like spending time with God every single morning. They got there because they woke up and decided to read the Bible and pray, even when they didn't feel like it. Faith is being persistent. Faith is refusing to give up, no matter how tired you are or how many other things you wish you could be doing. Did you hear that? Faith is being persistent. Through the example of Moses, the Bible shows us how to begin to develop persistence. Hebrews eleven twenty seven says, It was by faith that Moses left that land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. That's how you get there. That's how you persist. You begin to see the invisible. Only those who see God for who he really is, can persist in the most difficult times of life. Only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. Believe in faith what God can do in your life and thank him in advance for how he is going to work. Thank him in advance. That's belief, right? It hasn't happened yet. But you're believing it's going to happen, so you're going to thank him in advance for that. It's just like me saying at the beginning about I'm getting better every day. Okay, my body wasn't saying that to me. My body was saying, ouch, I hurt, ouch, I don't want to, I don't want you to put pressure on that leg right now, ow, ow, ow. And I'm saying I'm getting better every day. You know, people will say, oh, is that your bad leg or your good leg? And I said, I don't have a bad leg. I don't have a bad leg. I have two great legs and uh, they're going to work great for me. So our mind, we have to watch what we say. We were truly, the power in our tongue is so strong. And you have to speak belief, speak faith, speak love. And that's what you will receive. You've got to speak that out. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles, trials and tribulations. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean, oh, I, I, I found the Lord and therefore all my problems go away. That's really not what God says. He's not going to say they're going to go away. It's just his way is the truth and the life. And we need to come through him. And how you do that is by understanding who he is and who you are in him. And that's the, that's the key. And forgiveness, it's a choice. It's a choice you make. And when we come back um, after this break, I'm going to talk to you about something I saw on Facebook that I shared with my family on Easter Sunday. And, and my daughter, who's oh, five and a half months pregnant, I think, and she has a one and one month, excuse me, one year and one month old. Her name is Montana, my first granddaughter, and my second granddaughter is on the way. And we were sitting at the table of wonderful ham that was made, and it was such a good meal, and I didn't make anything, and it felt really even more delicious because I didn't have to cook. Uh, but in that time, I, t- I explained this story about this woman, um, and I will share more um, after this break because she started my my daughter started crying because it was just so touching and and I cried the first time and when I even spoke it I cried again because it's really a testimony to God's love and his faith and how much unforgiveness can can help heal us in our trials and our tribulations so I truly don't know where you are in your life I don't know where you are in your walk I don't but God does and he knows every hair on your head he knows every word before you speak it that's what it says in the Bible and I believe that the words in the Bible are truth I believe that they were written by God he might have had people write it just because the same as you know he uses people to do his work for him it's not God coming down every time but him in people help other people and so even though we say, oh, well, God didn't write it. Well, God did write it. He just used people to write it. So I had that as something someone said about I asked how they believed or if they believed. And they said, well, the Bible was written by people. So how can I believe that? And I'm like, 
Well, because, I mean, if, if you have an account from three different people or ten different people and there are different perspectives, but yet the same story exists and they're miles apart, then it seems to me there's got to be some truth in that story. Uh, you know, I'm just saying from a logical standpoint that uh, that kind of, um, I don't know, thought process doesn't really equate for me. Um, common sense kind of kicks in and, and logic kicks in for me. Anyway, God is God and I'm not God and I'm not pretending to be God and neither should you, obviously, but he is real and he's there for you and he wants to have a relationship with you. So we will be back with more of the Sue Freeze show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring the show. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, I'd love to talk to you. Business owners, listen to me. If you have a certain area in which you want to touch, you want to reach out and get more clients. I mean, who doesn't want more business, right? If you want more business, just contact me, uh, Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and contact me and I will help you. I will help you because there's been people that have helped me. I've been advertising for over 40 years now. I kind of know what I'm doing there and I can really help you out. And this show is syndicated. I know, right? It's syndicated. It goes from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo. So if you have an office and you're servicing the San Diego area or you are, you know, servicing the Orange County or the L.A. or the Ventura or the uh, Santa Maria area, any one of those, we can we can do a commercial for any one of those areas. You don't have to buy for everything because you want to not bring up something to somebody that you can't service. You want to target your message to those that could actually use your service and that you actually could service, right? That makes sense. So we we have the demographics to help you if you're in Southern or Central California. So reach out to me and let me help you with that. In the meantime, I just want to let everybody know that if you have anyone that is looking for a career, not a job, I'm not interested in jobs. I want people that are looking for a new career. And believe me, if you would have told me that I would have 40 years of career in the bug business, I would have said you were crazy. But it's been a very, very, very good run. Um, it's an excellent career, and it has a lot to offer. And E. cola, E. cola termite and pest control has a lot to offer. So I'd love for you to reach out or talk to the people that you know that might need to have a career. Um, you can make very good money. It's The opportunities are there's so many opportunities um, 
I have one gentleman who's been with me seven years, and he went from answering phones to being second and third in control here. I mean, you know, it's like seven years he's gone from answering phones and helping in the in the the call center to now. I mean, I'm in communication with him every day. His name is Daniel. I also have my son working with me, and his name is Tyson. And Tyson's doing radio and TV, and he's Mr. Shy Guy, but he. He really is um, doing a good job on his commercials and whatnot. But he's Mr. Shy. I mean, you know, who would have thought? Um, but he's doing a great job. Anyway, so I'm very fortunate, very thankful to have wonderful people working for me. I could give you story after story. I'm thinking of Joe because I know Joe listens sometimes. I'm thinking of Pat. I'm thinking of different people that work with me and for me Um and I'm just very, very fortunate that we have such a great team. We have about 70 people on our team right now. We've got 65 trucks on the road, and um, we need more. We need about 20 people right now. So please, if you know anybody, we are hiring, hiring, hiring right now. You need a clean driving record. Uh, you need to have a great attitude because I can't teach that. But as far as the other things, um, we will teach you how to take the test and how to pass the test and how to take care of our customers the way we want to. And most of the customers you're dealing with are people that are listening to this show or one of the shows and and whatnot. Um, Wonderful, wonderful customers and wonderful employees. And it's just wonderful, wonderful thing. I I just love it. Anyway, so thank you so much for for listening in and and, uh, hopefully go to termitelady.com and you can download the application and we can go from there, okay? Thank you very much for your time on that. All right. So don't let fear keep you from God's vision. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. How many of you have been so concerned about what people are going to think that it's hindered you from making a decision or to stepping out? It's, it, you know, it's tried to happen to me. I, I, I feel that I've gotten more bold and more strong, and I just really want to do what God wants me to do. And people say, you're crazy, or, you know, you're, I, <laughs> I had some family members call me a dreamer. Yeah, maybe I am a dreamer. But now they're saying, well, gosh, you dreamed, but you actually made it happen. So I guess that's not a dream anymore. Well, everybody has to have a dream. Everybody's got to have goals and, and dreams. I mean, that's what makes things happen. And it gives you the strength and the, and the perseverance to push through when things aren't working the way you want. You've got to have passion about something. So what are you passionate about? What lights that fire inside of you? And those things you can't snuff out easily. When it's something really strong, like the ministry house that, that uh, we have, the DSF Foundation, that that is disciples set free is what DSF stands for and and we have that and uh, you know I really believe that that was a picture and a vision from God for uh, less fortunate mothers with children that needed a fresh start and so how amazing it took fifty years but hey that's okay fifty years is fifty years so what all right so the fear of human opinion. Anyone who has ever tried to do anything great has, at some point, come face-to-face with naysayers. You know what I'm talking about, right? When the Wright brothers tried to fly their first plane, people told them it would never work because humans can't fly. When Moses led the Israelites across the desert, the people complained, We're going to die. We want to go back to Egypt. When John F. Kennedy said the United States would send a man to the moon, many people said it could never be done. If these people had let the naysayers discourage them, imagine where the world would be today. While some naysayers have evil plans, not all naysayers are bad people. Some may truly want what's best for you. They may even love you, but they're not God. So don't treat their opinions like you would God's opinions. The Bible says the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. So put your trust and your faith in God is what that's saying. Some of you have been disabled by the opinions of others, and you don't even realize it. Others have become addicted to the approval of others. That's a lot of us. A lot of us really want to be liked. We want to have approval. Sometimes that can hinder you and what God wants you to do. So just be aware of that and ask that question. Ask yourself that question. But consider another translation. It is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Other people's opinions can sidetrack you from God's purpose for your life. When you, when you give more weight to the opinions of others than you do to God's opinion, you stay on the sidelines when God wants you in the game. You stay locked up in a prison of self-made fear. Don't let that happen. 
Let go of your fears and trust God's vision for your life. He's your biggest cheerleader. He wants you to succeed, and he's working in your life, so you will. Do you believe that? If you don't, then maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe a prayer would be in order to ask the Lord to reveal to you just where he's at with you. You know, um, Psalm 139, I have circled in my Bible, and it says, please have this um, at my funeral. And it says, search me and know me, O God. If there's any evil way, you know, pluck it out. Get it out of me. And that is a prayer I have every day for me because I want to be better than I was yesterday. And I'm hoping that you desire that for yourself, too. Of course, my employees, they definitely want me to be better than I was yesterday because that means that I'll be better for them, too. And my children, I want to be better for my children. I want to be better for anybody I come in contact with. And I can't understand anybody that wouldn't want and desire that for themselves. Because no matter what you do, no matter where you go, guess what? You can end this relationship right now. You could end that uh, business venture right now. But the thing you can't end is you. you what I'm saying is, is that you can't walk away from you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, guess what? You're going to take you with you. So if you're thinking about making a major decision that's going to cut off relationships or whatnot, my suggestion, and I had to do this myself, is take a personal inventory of yourself and work on you first. Because sometimes in working in yourself, it can alleviate some of the uh, communication barrier, the unhealthy boundaries, the unforgiveness, it can actually release some of that to where you can get an understanding and actually build on that relationship instead of cut it and sever it. And wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't God want that for your life? Of course he would. He wants us to have relationship. He wants us to be loving and kind and considerate of one another. And so how do you do that? I've told you, some of you, the listeners that have listened for a while, that I have a person, his name is Randy, and he's in a penitentiary in Lompoc, and he writes me mail. He gives me a letter. I have one that I haven't opened. I just received today, and I'm looking forward to this one. But this one I just opened, and it's from a while ago, um, and it says, Thank you, thank you, dear Sue, thank you for writing me. It was very nice of you. Yes, you can write me. I also am allowed to make phone calls. I can only buy so many minutes a month. So I try to call my baby, which is her, his little girl, as much as I can. In fact, I talked to her tonight. She's at my mom's house in Newport, Oregon. She lives in Springfield, Oregon with her mom. We also play tic-tac-toe through the mail. I send her mail every week. She was going to come visit with my sister and so on and so forth. Um, he goes into detail, and I don't want to go into it. He said I could share his story, and I think I will, but I don't think that will be today. Anyway, um, he is very thankful in listening to my show now, you know, God God is the one that told me I needed to have a show. I was working 16-hour days in my E. coli termite business. Um, I've been doing it. I just had my 21st uh, anniversary with E. coli. And before that, I ran another company for 20 years. And so I've been in the pest control business for over 40 years now. I'm, I know I'm not even 40. Ha-ha. <laughs> Joke. Anyway, um, I never thought in a million years that I would, you know, be doing this, number one, and doing it this long. But then uh, over 10 years, I think it's 11, 11 years, maybe even getting on 12 now. I don't know. Um, but I was asked by Mr. Bob Hastings at Kukele to have lunch. And he said, Sue, I really believe strongly that you're supposed to have a radio show. And I'm like, are you kidding me? When am I going to do that? I'm working 16-hour days now. Um, what am I going to call it? <laughs> and above all, what am I going to talk about? And that was 11 years and something months ago, and I was live for seven years, uh, Saturday evenings where I was live and people could call in and talk to me. And then I decided that I needed to have my weekend life since I was working so many hours during the week, and I went to doing this pre-record, and I do it weekly. I'm in the studio every week, and I, um, and it's interesting because the Holy Spirit shows up quite often. And when he does, I don't know if he's talking to the Facebook live people that I have on Facebook through the Sue Free Show Facebook page that's live, or um, if he's going to talk to somebody on the radio on Saturday because I have different time slots because it's syndicated on different counties. 
And I just don't know if, if God has a message to speak to somebody listening or more than one at different times, um, you know, who's going to hear what. And uh, But a couple weeks ago, I have to tell you that it was so strong. There was a person who um, was considering committing suicide. And I stopped everything because something inside of me, you know how your emotions get in your throat? And my heart was pumping, and I just felt this overwhelming sadness, and and like I needed to speak strongly to this one individual. And that was very powerful for me because how would I know that? I mean, it totally wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit through me that needed to speak to this one person. And the reason I tell you this is because Sometimes we're asked to do things that are really uncomfortable for us. And, you know, we could turn it down and miss that opportunity that God had for us. Or we can we can just say, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But if this truly is from God, then obviously I, I, I'm going to have to find a way to make it happen. And he will make the way to happen. You know, God has paid this way for me to be on the radio for this long. And it is a labor of love. But it's also a calling. It's a calling that God has on my life. And I really picture me moving forward being on stage and speaking to large audiences where I can actually have more of a a, a dual conversation. Because right now, understand, I have one person in front of me, JJ, who's brand new for me today. Um, but I'm I'm speaking into a mic, and I can't see you. I can't see your faces other than if Holy Spirit reveals a face to me. But I can't see your faces. And I don't know how many people are listening. I really don't know any of that. I know there's people listening because I have people writing me letters and, and uh, getting in contact with me by going to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. You can contact me through there and tell me what's going on in your life and prayer that you need or, or anything. And I might not have the answer, but I have resources and I can help any way I can and I will. I'm the only one that reads those, by the way. They're very confidential. I just want to let you know that, you know, I mean, if if we don't step out of our comfort zone when God calls us to do it, we can really miss the mark. And I never want to miss his mark. I mean, yeah, I've missed marks that I've made for myself, but I never want to not do what God wants me to do. And sometimes it might not be as clear as other times, but, um, you know, I trust those that God puts in, in, in my path that I feel are godly, and I, I think that that's a, a good rule of thumb. You know, just ask, you know, is this biblical? Is this something that God would ask me to do? And, you know, it has to go align with Scripture, and if it does, then then maybe it's what I'm supposed to do. So that was a message for someone out there, somebody struggling with a decision, and the decision should be, is this a God a God decision? And if it is, then I would go that way all the way. I would make that decision to go the way God wants us to, to go. Okay. Um, Oh, shucks. I'm not on the right page. Hold on one second because I want to read this. Okay. Are you ready? This is from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence, Sarah Young. I've introduced so many people to this book, and it's such an amazing book. Um, And this this is what it says today. Bring me the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Take nothing for granted, not even the rising of the sun. Before Satan tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden, thankfulness was as natural as breathing. Satan's temptation involved pointing Eve to the one thing that was forbidden her. The garden was filled with luscious, desirable fruits, but Eve focused on the one fruit she couldn't have rather than being thankful for all the many good things freely available. This negative focus darkened her mind and she succumbed to temptation. When you focus on what you don't have or on situations that displease you, your mind also becomes darkened. You take for granted life, salvation, sunshine, flowers, and countless other gifts from me. You look for what is wrong and refuse to enjoy life until that is fixed. When you approach me with thanksgiving, the light of my presence pours into you, transforming you through and through. Walk in the light with me by practicing the discipline of thanksgiving. Isn't that good? That is so good. I mean, I could I could dwell on this for a long time. So the scriptures that go along with this are Psalm 116. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Are you doing that? When I read scripture like that, I'll just say, am I doing that? Am I doing that? Could I do a better job? And the answer is always yes. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat 
fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the servant said to the woman. We all know that story, don't we, from Genesis. And the last one is First John 1, 7. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Okay, I want that. Do you? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You know, he says, love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, body, everything. Love thy God first. Put him first in your life. Sometimes that's not easy, but that's what he's telling you to do. And when he tells you something, there's, there's the benefit of this. And what does he say second? What's the second thing he says? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody. So love thy neighbor as thyself. So if you're doing anything that would not be loving towards a neighbor, then obviously that's not going to bring the fruit that God's wanting in your life or their life. And if we're truly going to walk in his light, be the light in the darkness. I pray that every day. Be the light. I want to be the light in the darkness. And I want to be a blessing to those I come in contact with. Am I always that? No, I'm not always that. But that's the intention. That's the desire of my heart is to be that. You know, being a boss and being a leader at Ecola, sometimes I'm asked or I'm being put in a position where I have to be strong or... Um, I have to, to speak tough love. I have to hold people accountable for actions that are less than satisfactory. I, you know, I'm put in these positions that really I would rather not have to do. You know what I mean? I would rather just not be in that position. But I am that position, and so therefore I have to do that. But I have to do it in a manner that is... Uh, representing God, even in my workplace, see, because you can't separate our relationships. We can't separate and be one thing in one setting and another thing in another setting. You know, you know, you are who you are when nobody's looking. That's who you really are. Think about that for a second. When I heard that the first time, I went, oh, my gosh, that's so good. You are who you are when no one's looking. So who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. So you think nobody's looking, so you act a certain way. But then if somebody was standing there, you might not do the same thing you would do if nobody was standing there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, how many of you can put up your hand and say, oh, yeah, that's me? Um, there is a difference, okay? Um, I was in a setting where the people used uh, vulgar language. The F word was flying like crazy. And most of the people in that setting it was camping. It wasn't in church, okay? It was camping and dirty and all that stuff. But when they found out that I was somebody that would use the word sugar instead of another word, um, they kind of made fun of me, but it was in a nice, kind way that they made fun of me because I went, oh, my gosh, sugar. Oh, no, oh sugar. Um, you know, and so they, they started saying sugar instead of something else that they might have said, or they stopped saying the other word as often. And I felt that was so loving and kind of them because they were used to doing things a certain way. And they curtailed their way out of consideration or respect for me. Now, I didn't ask them to do that. That was on their own. They decided that, I guess, the value was there. And so they just decided on their own. And it, it really made me a little more comfortable to be in that setting than, um, than the other. But I was accepting of them, too. So it was an acceptance on both parties because, you know, Jesus would go to the bars. He would go to the, those places, not because he wanted to be like them, but he wanted to show a different way. He wanted to be the light. And, and sometimes we're called to go into those places, you know. Um, in the world of the world, you've heard that. Uh, maybe that's kind of that type of thing. So. I, I wanted to share all this with you because I feel like some of us are missing the mark. And part of it is we're caring too much about those around us and what they think and what they believe and how they feel. And um, shouldn't we be asking what God feels, what God thinks? Should we be praying first? I have this little rubber bracelet that I wear around my, my, my wrist. It says pray first because I have to be reminded all the time to pray first. And my little granddaughter, it's the first thing when she sees grandma, she gives me this big smile that just warms and melts my heart so much. Little Montana, she's just adorable. 
And the first thing she does is she wants this bracelet. She loves this little rubber bracelet. She chews on it. She plays with it. She stretches it. She does all these things. And she just holds on to it for a very long time. And it's just so cute because she knows Grandma has this little bracelet on. Um, it's been on there a long time. And thanks to Bill. Bill is the one that gave this to me. And, and, and Bill is a friend of mine. He's a prayer warrior for me. And he's going through some tough times right now with his throat. So I'm praying for him. Uh, but he's my prayer warrior. Uh, I'm number 21, he told me, on his prayer list. He has a list of people he prays for daily, and I'm number 21 on that list. And uh, it's the year 21, so I thought that was kind of interesting that that, that was the case. So listen, um, I hope you've received something here. I hope you connect with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and connect with me. I am a connector. I like to connect. This show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection, and I want to connect with you. So connect with me, please. Tell me what's going on in your life. And uh, termitelady.com if you have anybody that would like to get a job and a career. Thank you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Bye-bye for now. It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.